Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Friday. It is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Wolf, did you just drink an entire cup of coffee in one sip? Yes, I did. <laughs> Man, I needed that right there. I feel good, ready to go. Wolf just got, he just completely just gulped an entire cup of coffee in less than three seconds. All right. Asbestos lungs. Aaron, how you doing? The Phoenix Suns win streak ended at four games as they fell to the Mavericks last night, 99-95. to So what went wrong? Here's Suns head coach, Monty Williams. Just situational awareness. And like I told the guys, every possession has to be important to us. I didn't think it was important tonight across the board. I thought our bench came in with very little awareness of the game plan. We made a few subs. I made a few subs. And the energy went focus went and then in that situation it was not um, as important to us as it was to them to get the ball period were you discouraged by what you saw from the suns last night yeah i I gotta be honest i really wasn't that game last night didn't bother me as much i mean it bothered me because it was a loss to dallas and what did it bother you less that luca wasn't on the floor for the majority of it uh Probably that is, you didn't have to see him flopping and, and begging for fouls. But I, the way the last few meetings have gone with Dallas, they've been 25 point deficits at halftime. I know they came back and won one of them, but last night was an actual back and forth game. I mean, it sucks losing to Dallas. And if Monty's right right there that they didn't have the necessary focus in a game against the team that has owned them, I don't get that. But in the grand scheme of things, I think they can just start another winning streak this weekend. Oh, my goodness. I like. I couldn't stand the fact that Luca did not play, played three minutes before he rolled his ankle. I could not stand the fact they lost this game without Luka Doncic. Yeah. It drove me nuts. Dude, could there have been a letdown? Yeah, they're human beings. There's no doubt about that. But it's Dallas. It's the Dallas Mavericks. The fact they, they had D.A. back... And they really didn't have a guy. Dwight Powell was the matchup against DeAndre Ayton. And you would think DA would exploit that to no end. And the fact they couldn't do that and beat the Mavericks on their floor, it, that's a bad loss. Yeah, I mean, the more you talk, the that's more disappointed bad. and upset I get. The Cardinals coaching carousel continues. We can now cross two names off the list. As Frank Reich was hired by the Panthers yesterday, while Dan Quinn is returning to the Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. Were you guys surprised by Quinn's decision? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was really surprised by it. Look, Frank Reich, I know, was a legit candidate. I just never, I guess, thought of him as a legit option for the Cardinals. I don't know why. I just never really did. He was kind of the outlier. It was either Sean Payton or a bunch of defensive guys. So I just sort of assumed that it wasn't going to be him. But Dan Quinn, and, and not even Dan Quinn getting like scooped up by the Broncos or something, just Dan Quinn going back to Dallas, that one surprised me because I think subconsciously Wolf, I had sort of assumed that was going to be the Cardinals guy. Matt, Ed, first of all, I am surprised the Panthers hired Frank Wright. Yeah, I'm surprised with that. I really am. 
I know he interviewed for the job, of course. I just didn't see that happening right there. Frank Wright was not this buzzword with the coaching staff and with the coaches and the teams that were available. So to me, I was really surprised to see that happen. And even more surprised to hear Dan Quinn say that, no, you know what, thank you, but no thanks. Because Dan Quinn skyrocketed almost to the top of the coaching list. Now, I think Sean Payton has always been number one for the most part, at least when it comes to the story and how juicy the story may be. He's always been number one. But Dan Quinn jumped right up there quickly, even right here in the basin. And then to see that he's going to go back and be the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, that surprised me. It did. Although when you think about it from his perspective, it might make a lot of sense. Sean Payton had his interview with the Cardinals yesterday. Reports say the meeting was around seven hours long. So is there a chance the Cards could hire Payton? Here's Ian Rappaport. We'll see. I mean, he likes Kyler a lot. Um, It is a team that I think needs an injection of some good, some hard coaching. I mean, yeah. Uh, That would actually kind of make some sense to me. And why would Sean Payton be the best coach for Kyler? Here's Ian Rappaport again on the Pat McAfee Show. But don't you think Kyler needs more culture, tough coaching setting than like just a good offensive like he's already good like he'll be good in any system uh, both would be great yeah but bo- bo- both would be fantastic which is why sean payton seems like a perfect oh, no. hire. Would be good. so when you guys look at the cardinal situation with sean payton the longer it goes do you feel worse about their chances of landing him uh, I just don't think it's going to go very long at this point. I mean, if if we're sitting here next Friday and the Cardinals haven't named a coach, I'm going to be like, I guess it's not going to be anybody that's ever been in the NFL before. I, I, I think that there's a certain point here where even if we get to, like, Tuesday, it's going to be less and less likely it's Sean Payton because I feel like if that's somebody you, you want – you don't kind of back into that, right? It's not like, well, we couldn't get this guy or this guy or this guy. I guess we'll just pay Sean Payton $20 yeah. million a year. Like, that's either the guy you want or it isn't. And that's fine. Take today to think about it because it's a lot of money. But don't take too long because Denver's going to get desperate here pretty soon. Because everybody Denver's been linked to, going all the way back to Jim Harbaugh, has decided to go back to wherever they were already at. Mel, go ahead and give me the question again because Luke's answer was so long. Could you get, go ahead wow. and I don't even remember it. Jeez, Luke. Yes. I'm just, I'm just kidding. A so I said, for me. the longer this plays out with the Arizona Cardinals, do you feel worse about their chances of landing Sean Payton? Maybe I'll yes. answer it again. Oh. Yes, I do. The longer this goes, yeah. The, the less we know and the longer it goes, yeah, I think that says more than anything else. He's going back to Fox. That's what I think, unfortunately. But again, it's not over yet. These next two hours, Basinonians, I kid you not, right now, I've got this feeling bad. I've got this feeling. These next two hours, there's going to be something. Something's going to break. Something's coming down. We should make our picks. Give, give me an exact time. Okay. Because uh, I have my exact time. <laughs> an exact time? Is I have an one? exact time. Okay. Um, I... 
before we go off the air at 156? Uh, I'll give you that, because that's so close, I'll give you that, right? Okay, thank you. I will give you 201, because that'll be right when we go off the air, and it'll be the longest possible point <laughs> from when we get to talk about it again. Okay. What, what do you have for an exact time? It doesn't have to be today. You can you can say this weekend or whatever. Well, I mean, if I just need to go later than you guys, and then I would win. So, prices, write us. <laughs> Three fourteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Pixie? You got something you'd like to chime in right there? You got uh, a time you would like I to play along with this game, and then gets locked out of the control room by Aaron. I was going to say $1 okay. to go with the Price is Right theme. Right now. But instead, I'll say, I think it's going to happen tomorrow. I okay. don't even think it's going to happen today. There you go. All right. So she goes the latest right there. Wolf has now. Lauren has tomorrow. Okay. Aaron is 314. I have 201. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think even in the press release, they, they should put and take that, Wolf and Luke. You guys don't get to talk about it for two and a half days. Yeah, I do, though. I honestly think the clock is ticking right now, and we're going to get some resolution, man. So, our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com and it asks, whom do you predict will become the Cardinals head coach? Sean Payton, Brian Flores, Vance Joseph, or other? Because I feel like if we're thinking it's going to be today, then it's going to be Sean Payton. It's going to be Payton. I don't think we're going to get clarity on Brian Flores today. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That was, I think that was all done under the idea it would be Payton. If it's Flores, I think it'll be next week. I think it's going to be Payton. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Wow. I do. It just... It makes an awful lot of sense. Um, this is a guy that schematically, once again, is brilliant, I believe, when it comes to offensive football. A guy that has done it. A guy that has built his reputation. A guy that has worked with a young quarterback and developed a young quarterback. A guy that knows culture. A guy that has a little hard old school in him knows how to coach hard has the ability to do it he's yeah you know what he's dan quinn right in the middle not all the way over on the left like cliff not all the way over on the right like brian flores but more middle than anything else it makes so much sense it just comes down to paying them i want to say you're right I'm still going to say Brian Flores, but I'm. It's like 51-49 for me right now, and it has not been this close for a while. So ever actually. Forty-one percent say Brian Flores. Thirty-four percent say Sean Payton. Fourteen percent say other. Eleven percent Vance Joseph. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you as always, Aaron. We are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl Fifty Seven and Bud Light. FanDuel and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. So text Super to six twenty six twenty to register and listen for your name starting February sixth. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So again, text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, Phoenix Suns missed an opportunity against the suddenly depleted Mavericks last night. So what went wrong, according to Monty Williams? You'll hear what the head coach had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. (laughs) 
Boy, we're just we're spending every break here trying to figure out the next logical step in this coaching search because you have to keep an eye on Denver now. You just can't do it. You can't do it. So, the, like seriously, these breaks we just sit here in these basically doing another show. We, we're, I know. We're not even getting up and like going to get food. We're just trying to figure out what this all means right now, timing wise and logistically. And we'll get back into that certainly uh, in just a couple minutes. But let's flip back over to basketball. Wolf, the Suns lose to Dallas last night. And you brought this up during Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Luca didn't play, really. He played three minutes. Yeah. You should have just handled that team. Yes. You, I mean, Should've. let's just call it what it is. And I understand, too. Again, you're going to have a, oh, there's a letdown right there. You know what? Okay. We're playing our little brother out in the driveway. Little one on one, but we keep losing to our little brother. I, I, you get my point, though. Yeah. You know, suddenly Luka Doncic is not there, and you were prepared to play against Luka, and all of a sudden there's a, oh, he's not going to play. It's just, it's just called human nature. Now, again, I'm not saying that's the reason why the Suns lost. I'm not saying that, but to me, playing at home and playing the Mavs. Somehow, some way, you got to find a way to win that game. You got to find a way to win that game, regardless of being a human being, regardless of any type of deflation you may have felt because Luka Doncic went down in the first three minutes of the game. Well, here's Monty Williams after the game. We missed some shots. I thought we were a bit tentative when we had shots. When we brought the bench into the game, I thought that was an opportunity for us to either increase the energy. That's what they do. They just didn't do it like they have been lately. And I just told them, like, it, it has to be important. Um, I thought we were, were a bit happy on the farm, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we did not bring the same juice, energy, and focus that we have been bringing. And um, we don't have the depth to do that, especially against a playoff-tested team. I guess uh, when you hear him say, what do you think of? I, I Honestly, Wolf, I just think, how does that happen when you have struggled so much to win games lately and you have a chance to beat Dallas? Yeah, I know, but again, because Luka Doncic isn't there. When I hear him say that, we, we seemed a little happy on the farm. Okay, we, you know, you won four games in a row. Okay. The Suns have won four games in a row, and you know what? Uh, Luka Doncic is not playing, and I, I when I hear him say that, I, I I think of humans play this game. <laughs> and I thought we were a little complacent. We were a little happy on the farm right there because of this situation. What was going on? The fact that we had won four games in a row, the fact that we were home, and the fact that Luka Doncic went down after three minutes in the game. All is well. And I thought we played like all is well. Well, look, that's what it looked like. And that's what the head coach is saying. So that's probably either what it was or there's at least that's part of it. I'm just I'm baffled by that because prior to these last four games, it has kind of sucked around here. And that is one of those games where, you know, last season, okay, yeah, we're going to win 64 games. Oh, Dallas doesn't have Luka for most of this game. Yeah, okay, we're going to – the human nature kicks in. But, like, this year, I would think it would be – we got a chance to beat Dallas. Let's take it. Let's yeah. sweep this homestand before we, we head out on the road. Like I would think that would almost amp you up even more. For the most part, though, you're talking about professional athletes. Would you say professional athletes are confident? 
for the most part. Like you would not be there if you were. Yeah, who would you, you, that's well said. Unless you're you would Ben not. Simmons shooting the ball. Yeah, right. That's, that's it. Yeah. Now you've got issues. Yeah. Oh, no, a free throw. I wonder if he actually dreams about that stuff in his, while he's sleeping, right? Doesn't dream about it while he's um, awake. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and nor does he practice. Nor does he play much But anymore. we digress yeah, right sorry. now. You get my point. Um, do you have any other money sound yeah. that you wanted to play? I do. I'd got... love to hear more from the coach. Uh, here's another one. We'll give them credit. I mean, they they kept attacking certain guys, um, and, and there comes a time when you just have to sit down and guard. You know, we can't scheme the whole night to try to stay in front of the ball. Um, and so, yeah, they, they went after certain matchups, which was the same thing they did in the playoffs, and we just didn't do a, a good job of keeping the ball in front of us, and then when we did get the ball out of certain guys' hands, we gave up threes on the backside or an extra possession or back door. You know, plays that we have not been given up lately. We've gotten to the point where Dallas is about the last team I want to see the Suns face in the playoffs. Unless you could guarantee me the Suns are going to be playing their best basketball. Because then, obviously, you want to take Dallas out. There's got to be some level of vengeance for last year. But it's not just the Luka thing. It's stuff like that. It's stuff that you talked to Kellen Olsen, who was on with Epically and Murata this morning. And, and you just watch the games. Dallas has figured something out with the Suns. I think it's a, a couple somethings, actually, where they are just a horrible matchup for the Suns. Even last night, they don't have Luka for all but three minutes of the game, and they still win the game. I mean, let's be real. They didn't have Luka. You should have beat them by 15. And yeah. instead, they find they just keep finding a way to beat you. They figured something out in that playoff series. Going into this game, do you think that Monty Williams and the Suns were thinking about, this is a game we're going to lean on D.A.? We're going to lean on DeAndre it looked like in it. this game, right? It did. Yeah, it looked like they, they actually ran some offense through him. He had 20 shots in the game, too. This was a game where D.A. should have gone off, right? Yes. It, it If it's a bad matchup for the Suns, it also should be a great matchup specifically for D.A. The, the Mavs, based on earnings, didn't have Doncic for 44 minutes of this game. Uh, they didn't have him, but they did have Dwight Powell. On DA, right? And, man, I, I feel like I'm piling on this guy and it's bothering me. It really is, especially on a Friday where I'm so jacked up and fired up, a little melancholy. But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the fact we're piling on DeAndre Ayton, who is a good player. He is a good player. I'm just coming to terms, Basinonians, with myself that it's never going to happen and it's hard for me. It is. Because I root for people to overcome what it is that besets them. What kind of obstacle lies in front of them? I root for people to overcome that. And watching D.A., I've always believed he's going to get better. He's going to get better. And he has. He has gotten better. But I honestly don't think he's ever going to understand greatness and what makes a player great. And I'm coming to terms with that. And that's bothering me because I'm doing it live on the air every day for the last month. Where I, I'm, I'm starting to come to the realization he's just not going to be a great player. He's going to be a good player. He's going to have a good player. They have great games from time to time. 
A good player has great games, but most of the time, they're just good. Here, i got to play this DA cut before we hit, and I haven't heard this yet. I, I don't think I've heard this. Tonight tonight was a battle, man. Um, even though we went out, I hope he's okay. But them dudes, them dudes put up a fight, man, and we were supposed to take advantage of this. It's like how teams over here are just taking away things on us when we were at a disadvantage. That was our chance to do it, but it's going to take care of business. The good thing about this league that we play Saturday we practice tomorrow, and yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a couple drills on the free throw box. we do a couple drills. I know mine got a couple drills for us, got film, so I'm ready. I'm shaking back up, man. Well, you know, you can still hear that I'm congested and stuff like that, so I'm just really trying to, you know, just have fun with this thing. I, I still had fun tonight, though. Don't matter what, I still had fun. Still just being out there with my guys and you know, just hearing the, uh, the terminology and the positivity just playing as a unit. Does that need any explanation? I hadn't heard it I, I, yet. Honestly. I had seen the cut, but I, I hadn't heard the whole thing, so I figured we should play that before we wrap You're going to work out on a box out or a free throw. Yeah, it, it, that's it right there. That That is truly it to me once again. It, it sums it all up on a night in which he had 20 rebounds. 20! It came down to him being able to box out. Dwight Powell twice on a free throw, in a missed free throw. I twice. don't remember a guy <laughs> having a 20-rebound game getting as much criticism as he has gotten, but he was oh, getting oh it at halftime of the game last night from Charles Barkley. We played that cut. Uh, Kendrick Perkins after the game. It wasn't just him. I mean, a lot of people nationally, certainly locally, because the frustration is... Yeah, this is what he is, and people are just still kind of coming to terms with it. You hear him talk, you're like, yeah, he'd be a great teammate, but again, count on him to win you a game. Once again, greatness. Greatness brings that greatness. The vast majority of time, when they step on the court, the ice, the diamond, the gridiron, they bring that greatness. The vast majority, that's what makes somebody great. That's why DA will always be good. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this response coming from the 619. If the cards go with a defensive-minded coach, who would you think they would go with for their offensive coordinator? We'll get into that. And of all the available candidates, who has the highest ceiling for the Cardinals? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 Hire Sean Payton and bring in Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I'd be sold. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, be, be really be cool right next there. Year. Man. Okay, so the clock is ticking, Basinonians. I said it. I said it. we'll know before we go off the air on Friday. We got an hour and a half before we're actually going to go off the air. I think the only way we know before we go off the air today is if it's Sean Payton. Yeah, I think anybody else, it's going to be But that's kind of what I... Yeah, no, yeah, you, you've been consistent. That's kind of what I felt was going to happen here. So hang on to your bots, everybody. 
Uh, let me play some of this Ian Rappaport audio from the Pat McAfee show today. It's funny, the more people you hear nationally, the longer this goes on, and the more it appears the Cardinals are kind of at least right now in the driver's seat for Sean Payton, the more you kind of hear people nationally being like, ah, you know what, this isn't actually so far-fetched. Here's Ian Rappaport. In Houston, there's no second interview scheduled, and it does not feel like there's any momentum there. So that's two down. Arizona, he was at yesterday. Sounds like that went well. And as of right now, it sounds like that is still a possibility and still in play. And I know we talked about a couple weeks ago that that one, to me, made a lot of sense, even though I think a lot of people are like, oh, Michael Bidwell with the big salary and the draft picks, like... I think there's, you know, Arizona is, I think, was interested in Frank Reich, was interested in Dan Quinn, not getting either of them. Sean Payton, we'll see, but that would make some sense. And then I think at Denver, he has not been eliminated there. You know, I know they like D'Amico Ryans a lot, um, but he's still in play there as well. So I think there's, you know, might it lean toward returning to Fox now? I think maybe, but he's definitely still in play at two places. Okay, he kept going with the Cardinals, though. (laughs) We'll see. I mean, he likes Kyler a lot. Um, it is a team that I think needs an injection of some good, some hard coaching. I mean, yeah. Uh, that would actually kind of make some sense to me. And then more. But don't you think Kyler needs more culture, tough coaching setting than like just a good offensive like he's already good like he'll be good in any system uh, both would be great yeah but bo- bo- both would be fantastic, which is why Sean Payton seems like a perfect hire. Well, if you can kind of hear Ian Rappaport talking himself into like, you know, this does make some sense, though. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it does right there. Um, The big thing to focus on is the culture and the scheme as well. When you talk about Sean Payton, that's what he would do, I think. He would do that, and he'd do it in spades, and it would help Kyler, in my opinion. But... Again, I just, Denver looms to me in this other team that is supposedly out there as well. Yeah, I forgot I about the mystery team that know. nobody can say their name for some reason. I know, exactly. I don't know if I'm buying that, but Denver, I do buy. Denver looms because Denver needs a head coach. Some mystery team, the Chargers, whoever it is, the, okay, maybe they're trying to talk themselves into it. Maybe if Peyton goes back to Fox, they can try another year. Whatever. There's, there's so many ifs or ifs. You get to Denver. Denver needs a head coach, right? They were linked to Jim Harbaugh. Well, he's back in Michigan. They were linked to Dan Quinn. Well, he's back in Dallas. They were linked to D'Amico Ryans. It sounds like he's probably going to the Texans. Yes. Denver needs to hire a head coach, and they're not going to hire a Giro Evero, probably. He's their defensive coordinator. (laughs) I mean, I guess they could, but... Yeah, the grass Den- is always greener on the other side. Well, Denver, Denver, you, you know how that, what you don't have. You know that fan base is crazy too. I mean, they were they were done with Nathaniel Hackett after Monday Night Football in Week One. So, yes. um, just ask Vance Joseph how crazy that Denver fan base is. How about Larry Fitzgerald on with Bickley and Murata this morning, though? If you want to go down the Sean Payton okay. uh, path some more, I mean, like you know, I, I, I played for Coach Frank Wright. You know, really, really like Coach Wright. Obviously, Dan Quinn has success at a, at a very high level um you know so i mean I, those guys are both uh you know off off the board as you would say like to me it's like it's really it's, it's a no-brainer i mean if you if you really want to build the foundation for success for for a very long time i mean sean payton has done that um for quite a while in, in new orleans and, and years before then he's a he is a um 
he's a franchise changing aspect, right? Um, and yeah, he's he's going to be expensive. You have to get compensation up to New Orleans Saints, but like if you're trying to change, um, you know, the conversation, you know, he's he's the guy that you know had the ability to do that. He does right there, and you know what gets me all. So kind of um, excited, yet uh, calm down, Ron, at the same time as I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to Fitz, the Japanese fighting Fitz. I can hear the conflict in this one sentence. Yeah, it's, he, I know that he talks to Michael. I know that he does. I know that he talks to Michael. Do you think he's had a conversation with Michael Bidwell? No, I don't know. Again, um, I know that Michael Bidwell loves and respects Larry Fitzgerald. And it was like we were talking about Lorenzo and how much we love and respect Zoe. And he comes in here. And when you say something, your reputation reputation (laughs) precedes you. And... I think Larry's reputation, we all know what his reputation is and who Larry Fitzgerald is and what he's all about. And when you listen to him talk about this, man, um, it's compelling. Well, yeah, because if you just take the quote right there, if you just wrote it out and you said, look at this uh, this recommendation of Sean Payton, you'd look and you'd say, yeah, that's all true. I don't know that, that you know there's anything new in there. It's, yeah, we all feel that way. Well, but Larry Fitzgerald said it. Right. That does add something yes, to it. Yes, it that does. absolutely adds something to it. <laughs> and it's from today. And Fitz knows full well what's going on. Right. So here, here's more from uh, from Fitz on Sean Payton. What he did for Drew Brees, you know, when he came to New Orleans, turned, turned him into, I mean, Drew Brees turned himself into a Hall of Famer, but under the tutelage of, of Sean Payton, right, um, in terms of him drafting, you know, great, talented players, not only drafting them, but developing them, right? You know, you hear a lot of people talk about Sean Payton, his ability to develop talent, you know, guys that you haven't heard of from smaller schools, being able to develop, those, develop coaches, um, you know, so he he checks a lot of boxes, you know, when, when you're talking about somebody who can change the fortunes of an organization. And they yes. were talking about pickleball when that happened. Yeah, it was pickleball? They were talking about pickleball. Oh, they, with they Fitz. had him on Fitz. And then all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, I mean, how can you not talk about Sean Payton at this point? Yeah, Fitzy, give me a call on that, too, will you please? I, you know, um, Let's start a pickleball team. We'll go up against Fitz's team. Yeah. Happy right New Year, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, Fitz, I think, would kill us in pickleball. He absolutely would. Yes. But every time he scores, he talks of trash. He probably would, too. But if he goes to the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, Fitzy. but as we were losing like fifteen nothing, we could ask him questions every time he scored a point. You change the culture of this team. You change the scheme. You change this offense going forward. You change the direction of this organization. It just seems like Sean Payton has got so much that he could possibly do for this organization right now. Now that Dan Quinn is out of the conversation. Um, now that Denver appears to be teetering, I don't know if that's teetering in a good way for Sean Payton or teetering in a bad way for him, but they seem to be a little unsteady up there in Denver right now in regard to Sean Payton and what is happening with Sean Payton, even though Sean Payton denied any problems he might have or any type of long-term battle he might have with one of the minority owners that make the majority of ownership.
Yeah, they have a lot of owners up there. They've got like six. Yeah, calm down, Denver. It's incredible. Uh, here, I'm going to play this Adam Schefter cut. This is from yesterday. I feel like it's going to rain on our parade. I, I think right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for Sean Payton. That, that, that's the way it's kind of looking as we speak. Now, we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I, don't, I don't see him. Sean Payton, if he doesn't get one now, next year there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten openings. He'll be under consideration for many of them. I, I just don't see him rushing to take the job in Arizona with a GM he doesn't know, with a quarterback there are questions about, with a team that's got a lot of issues. So my guess is he sits out and then rejoins the search when there are more teams that have openings. This is the one spot, Wolf, where I really wonder how much Kyler Murray's injury hurts the Cardinals. Okay, because just looking at this logically, the way it's all played out, I think anybody would look and say, hey, it's right there. If you want Sean Payton, Arizona, you can get him. If you if you put up the money, you can get Sean Payton. If you believe he's the guy, you're going to win enough that you're going to make that money back. But what Adam Schefter just said right there, if he waits a year, there's going to be a ton more openings. The problem is with Kyler Murray injured, does he look at this job like, if I go to Arizona, I'm still waiting a year before I really get going anyway? Because that's the one, like if Kyler Murray was healthy, coming off a, a decent season for him, even if yeah, the team were in this position. Right. But Kyler Murray continued to evolve. And you could push Sean Payton. You could say, look, get here. Let's get going. You don't want to wait a year? Start now. <laughs> but if I'm Sean Payton, I'd be like, yeah, I'm kind of waiting a year anyway if I go to Arizona because Kyler might miss the first half of the season. Who knows? Yeah, by, I know, right? But that would be the exception to ACLs and how long it would take him to recover from that ACL. That would be the exception. If it was half the year he was going to no, miss. No, I shouldn't, uh, not, he's not, no not that weeks. he's going to miss, but when is he going to be Kyler Murray again? Yeah, right. But once again, you're going to... You're going to look at an offense that is going to change what you expect from Kyler Murray. And maybe that, and that could be what's keeping Sean Payton. Maybe that's what's dragging his feet on this. Because he's looking at it saying, you know what, you've got to be in more of a pro-style offense, Kyler. How do you feel about that? And maybe he knows the answer. Waiting on Peyton. I just wanted to play it one more time because I don't know if we're going to get to play it again. Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win those tickets. When we come back, how much do the Phoenix Suns miss Jay Crowder? One of the Phoenix Suns told us last night they do miss Jay Crowder. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Lorenzo Alexander is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. We'll usually do the lowdown on Thursday, but got moved around this week, so we're actually going to close out the week well, how about that, with the man. lowdown. That's awesome. So if something does come down with the uh, Cardinals here in the next hour, we're going to have Lorenzo Alexander here with us. So, so this is our last chance to talk a little basketball. The Suns take the loss last night to the Dallas Mavericks. They end up going 4-1 and one on this five-game homestand. They head out on the road for a game against the Spurs tomorrow. Back home against the Raptors on Monday, the Hawks on Wednesday, and then a road trip that starts in uh, Boston and goes for a while beginning next Friday. Interesting comment after the game last night from Chris Paul, of all people. And I want to be clear, he was kind of led down this path. He didn't 
walk up to the podium and be like, I got to get this off my chest. That wasn't it, right? I mean, he, <laughs> right. he was asked about uh, about Jay Crowder. He was asked, how much did you, did you uh, miss Crowder in a game like this? And this is what he had to say. Jay, 9-9, nine, nine, uh, I miss him. I miss him. There ain't no secret about it. You know, uh, it's one of our brothers. You know what I mean? I, I came here with Jay. <laughs> you know, so um, hope he good. 9-9, nine, nine, you out there. I hope you good. But you know, it's it's a business. It's the league. You know, it is what it is. By the side of the league, you've seen everything at this point. Understand, Jay's got his own thing he's going through. Absolutely, but you got to interview Jay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like that's that's my dog for life. Yeah. Regardless, whatever going on, it's it's always going to be love here with me and Nana. But yeah. the political situation, the business situation, is separate from not having him on the floor. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my teammate. That is so well played by CP3. He's been around before. Go right? interview Jay. <laughs> well, Chris, we can't go interview that, Jay. That is great right there. But it is also an opportunity to say, do you think he's sincere when he's saying that about 9-9? Yeah, there's no doubt, in my opinion. Yeah, no, 100%. Percent. And I, I kind of forgot what he said in there, too. If they, they he, The way he said it, they came here together. Yeah, I mean, they came right. from different right. destinations, but yeah, I mean they did. They kind of they came here that same off season, and there was sort of a a playoff the two of them. Okay, Chris Paul's gonna he he sees something in Phoenix, and and Jay Crowder's gonna be a veteran piece that that at the time was the only guy that had been to the finals that was coming here. Yeah, I I, I don't understand why it has been handled the way that it has. I just don't. Yeah, and maybe we never will. And once again, too, um, he could have been really brief on that. He could have said, oh, yeah, I love, I love 9-9. You kidding me? I love Jay. And that's all the questions I'm going to take on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could have easily, easily done that and taken that route. That's not what he did. And um, that tells me an awful lot. And it makes a weird situation even more weird. It's weird for a couple of reasons. It's weird to me, at least, because of not knowing really what happened. And that that I it got personal, whatever it was, it got personal and it wasn't professionally handled. In my opinion, it got personal. There may have been good reason why it got personal. And. That that makes this whole thing weird, number one. And number two, it's also weird because I never knew that Jay Crowder had that kind of impact on this team. Okay, so I played that cut from Chris Paul, right? Now you take that and you add it to the Mikel Bridges quote from two weeks ago where he said, that's one of our leaders. I texted him not too long ago and told him how much I miss him. That's my guy. It's the NBA. It happens. I know he wants to be here, but it's the league. That's just how it is sometimes. This is my fifth year in the league, and I understand how it could be. You've got to protect yourself sometimes. We'd love to have him here, but we get it, unquote. So that's that's yes. Mikel Bridges two weeks ago. Yes. So that's Mikel Bridges. And if you just look at that quote, you'd be like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. You're making a big deal out of nothing. And then you have Chris Paul. Okay, well, he was asked the question, what's he supposed to do? Okay. But that is two different instances in the span of about two weeks. And Mikel, especially, that was when they were losing all the time. Chris yeah. Paul was after a loss, but they, they just won four in a row. Like, But if nothing else, it's the fact that they are still getting asked about it. Yeah. If you were going to move on from Jay Crowder, that's your choice as a team. You know it. You know better than any of us if you need to move on from him. But you haven't moved on from him. He's still here. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to move on from him, trade him in September. 
You're not, there's, there's no way you're going to be able to convince me when they trade him in a week and a half or whatever that they got a ton more than they would have gotten in September. And you had to deal with your players who seemed to miss him being asked about why he's not here. And for a while there, they were losing every night when they were being asked about. Yeah, it was a distraction right there. And when you've got a guy that is beloved by his teammates, and again, this is why I asked the question with Chris Paul. I don't mean it in a demeaning way in any way, shape, or form, but I asked the question, is he sincere when he says this? And I, I do believe he's totally sincere for the same reason Mikal Bridges, I believe, was sincere. They, the love that they have for 9-9, Jay Crowder. <laughs> okay, do you feel like you know Mikal Bridges? Even though you don't know Mikal Bridges, do you feel like you know the kind of guy he might yes, be? Yes, I feel like Mikal's pretty transparent. Do, do you feel that way about CP3, too? Just I'm talking about from a professional level, not a personal level, yes. but actually walking around that locker but, room. But I, with Chris Paul, to be fair, it's because he's been in the league for so long. I Correct. think he's probably tougher to get a read on than Mikel. Yeah, I, just those are two squared-away dudes to me. When I think of a squared-away guy, I think of those two guys yeah. in that locker room. And there's more guys that I feel that way. D-Book, I feel a squared-away um, man, when they say something about a teammate like that, you can almost see and feel what kind of distraction this has been all season long. Yeah. And nobody knows better than James Jones and Monty Williams. I they just... know that better than anybody else. And that's why it is kind of perplexing to me that this has happened. It's perplexing because it feels like it was avoidable a few different way at, at times along the way, right? It's like you took this, it's like you took this road trip and you went the wrong way. You went to the wrong place. But there were a number of turnoffs where you could have fixed it and, and minimized the damage. And yeah, if they trade him in the next week and a half, and then they go on some run in the in the second, uh, I guess, final third of the regular season and through the playoffs, nobody's ultimately going to care. But that's a lot of ifs, and they still haven't traded him. And it was weird that they didn't trade him in September. You can go, you can come out of last season, you could say, you know what, we don't want Jay Crowder around here. He mm-hmm. did something that nobody's ever going to know. Or maybe Jay Crowder's like, okay, I don't want to be here. And and they have both sides have been sort of vague on that for whatever reason. Normally, when you're both vague on it, it's there was a conversation of let's work together here. Let's not make this look as bad as it is so that we can trade you. You're happy. We're happy. But the other thing you usually do in that situation is you just play the guy. They needed somebody out there on the floor for the last couple months. They could still use Jay Crowder. Why wouldn't you play him, get some wins, and drive up his value? We had that clip from Bobby Marks yesterday. His value has gone down because he hasn't played this year. This is not like Zion, and he he was injured in his second year or something. Jay Crowder's been around the league. Teams mostly know what he is. The fear is that he's getting worse. I think Jay Crowder, though, and this was weeks ago, I think Jay Crowder tipped us off when he tweeted out what the issue was. It was really with the coaches. But for me, that's way too simple. When you look at that, it's way too simple of an answer to say, aha, it's Jay Crowder and it's the coach. Because you also have to ask, based on Ornines, immediately, with a player-coach relationship, you have to ask, what was it over? What was the dispute over? What was the problem over when it's a player and a coach? What was the issue if this is in that, that's where the question mark is. What would you do personally where you would tell Jay Crowder you are not? 
coming into the building. You are not working out with this team, and yet you've got guys who love Jay Crowder, teammates who know Jay Crowder. I love them. The exact quote from that that piece with Chris Haynes about the coaching, which is kind of where everybody has run with it, must have been a coaching thing. Among other things, one of the things Jay Crowder said was, quote, I'm thankful my teammates appreciated my leadership. I'm confused and hurt my coaches didn't appreciate the things I brought to our team and organization, and this has nothing to do with financial or contractual differences. There it is, right there. Man, it's there's nothing. Nothing like when something gets personal, you can forget about the professional. You can forget about it. Done. But even if you're going to go down that path, trade them. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, everybody, everybody's mind, I'm sure, is racing a bunch of different directions as to where this could have gone. But if it was, if it was unsalvageable, fine. Sometimes you just can't work together. Then trade them. Don't keep them around and not play them. Uh, all right, who do we believe will come out in top uh, on top this weekend and advance to Super Bowl 57? We're going to ask 15-year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander in the lowdown next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.